Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly... Patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Caroline Stanbury, star of The Real Housewives of Dubai. I'm remarried and living my best life ever. See, there's so much life after divorce. I'm starting my new chapter unapologetically. I'm bringing real stories, real life, real talk on all things that aren't said between each other, society, the sheets, and everything in the middle. And lucky me, you'll be joining me on the journey. Listen to all new episodes every Wednesday. So buckle up. Welcome back to another episode of Divorce Not Dead. And today, well, I'm really excited because I'm joined again by Monique Kelly, blogger, author, dating expert. Monique, welcome. I'm so happy to have you on for a second time. Last time we had so much fun chatting about your former life as a serial dater. And today's you're back and we're going to chat about the challenges and realities of dating as a 40 year plus older, successful woman. So I can't wait to hear what you've got to say on this because it's so relevant today because, you know, divorce seems to happen around my age, really. So welcome back. Thanks. So glad to be back. I I was so excited to do this because even looking at you with your journey, I find the 40s is a time when so many women have major epiphanies and they start brand new and they leave situations where they were not happy. Something happens to a woman in their 40s. It's it's an awakening. Some would say it was a midlife crisis. That's the problem. How how do you actually, I'm going to ask you that because it's very interesting. I was speaking to someone today and it wasn't really aimed at me, but I felt like it might have been a dig that relationships do go through cycles and things happen and then you're meant to sort of reassess and then you can come back together. Even if, you know, one wanders or you are, you're unhappy for a period of time, that happens to everyone. You And normally you would have come back if I maybe hadn't met my Sergio or whatever. But actually, and women, we we kind of, some women after babies, and I know I did this, I, I sort of went, I was a lunatic. I went out the whole bloody time. I was partying. I wanted sexy, you know, my dresses were like tops. And then, you know, oh, that was what she said. She said something about, you know, and then you younger guys pay you attention and, you know, basically implying I married, I married mine, which is, you know, probably true too. But how do you know that, that it's not a midlife crisis then, and that, you know, you really, it is time to actually get out. You know, it's interesting because from the outside looking, looking in, we talked about this last time, you don't wake up one day and say, I'm leaving a marriage. It's usually years of not even misery necessarily, but disconnection where you're just not feeling completely fulfilled. And when you go through 
a time in your life where you do the therapy, you do the meditation, you do the work, you do the healing. What happens with that? You make a decision for yourself in the end. Some women, they decide they're going to make it work and they're going to stay in the marriage. And that's great. If they can stay in the marriage and the marriage has an awakening where everything's good and they work out the difficulties and the kinks, great. But why does society make women feel bad when they decide to take charge of their life and leave a situation better themselves? And again, when you get to this age of the 40, something happens where there's self-love after you've done all the work. Some women, they don't, they don't always necessarily get there at this stage, but for a majority of women in their 40s, you do the work. You start looking at yourself differently. You start embracing your body in a way that maybe in your 20s and your 30s, you didn't necessarily do that. Hence, you do start wearing the sexy clothes. You almost are like, let's start wearing these clothes while I still have the chance to do it and look good in it. And you start thinking about yourself and you're unapologetic for it. And you should not let outside people, the noise of everyone else, dictate how you move forward. Because again, it wasn't an overnight decision and it doesn't even have to necessarily be a nasty divorce, a nasty breakup. Sometimes it's just a mutual decision to consciously uncouple, as they say. I think so too. I mean, why do I have to explain myself either, by the way? I've made the decision. And, and by the way, if I wake up in three years and regret it, that's something I have to live with, not you. So I don't understand right. why you're sort of in my business. But anyway, let's get back to dating in 40s then. So <laughs> once you have made the decision and you have jumped ship, well, I never got to do it. And funnily enough, weirdly, this is quite interesting and correct me if I'm wrong, but most of my girlfriends that get divorced in their 40s go on and meet someone fairly quickly and get remarried. And it's the girls that sort of haven't before are still struggling. I've noticed that. That is definitely the majority. I notice women, especially the longer the marriage, and then again in their 40s, the next relationship, usually seven times out of 10, turns into the next marriage. And I think it's very obvious because you're very clear on what you want, what you don't want. You were in a situation before where you weren't necessarily happy. You weren't fulfilled. So when you leave the marriage and you're so aware of what's important to you, you move forward with that. You're very conscious in your decisions. You're very knowledgeable about what works for you and what doesn't work for you. And that's why a lot of times you move forward. Whereas your other friends who got divorced younger or your other friends who have never been married, they've never experienced what it's like to be in a marriage or a long-term marriage, unfulfilled, not happy. So when you finally meet someone and they make you happy, you're like, I don't need to, I don't feel the need to be out here just dating everyone for me. I've met someone. It makes sense. I'm going to move forward with it. And again, also on a side note, when you're in your forties, you're also... <laughs> In your sexual peak as well. So you keep in mind, you know, you're in your sexual peak, you're enjoying life, you're enjoying yourself, and you're very clear about what works and what doesn't work. Well, we were doing this today as well, actually, for my blog, I was discussing sex drive in your 40s and actually realizing that when you do come out of a longer term marriage, it's not like it's not like you know exactly what to do, but sex gets automatically better because I think you don't care anymore. You don't. Yes. And I don't know if that happens also with single women or women that have never really got married, because I think maybe they they don't ask for what they want. And women in their 40s become sexier and who've been married, maybe it's easier to date because we we've lost all our inhibitions. 
Yeah. And you focus on yourself. You, it, lots of times, especially in your twenties, you're figuring out your body, trying to figure things out. Sometimes in your thirties, you're so focused on making your partner happy instead of yourself. And then in your forties, especially after a long-term marriage, you are like, it's about me. What works for me? What makes my body feel good? You're still going to pleasure your partner, obviously, but it no longer becomes all about him. It becomes about what you need and you're so aware of it. I mean, this is, I don't even know, we're jumping around like lunatics right now. I don't know. Which, oh, it's okay. Which, it's which, okay. I don't know which, do. which subject's better. I want to go into the sex one. And we're now we're doing, going back to dating at 40. Do we become serial daters or do you, how do you date in your 40s? I mean, can you have one night stands anymore? You know, like I feel like all of this bullshit about how many men you've slept with, you know, that age old question that men used to ask you when you're younger and go, how many, how many partners have you had? Like uh, he's going to stand up and run out the door at them. And what is the right number? All of these kind of things. So do you have to think like that when you're 40? Do you have to lie? Do you have to, do you have to make yourself into what the men want in your 40s? Or, you know, what, what does a man want in the 40s? Because men that are in their 40s, they don't want a woman in their 40s. That's for sure. You're dating either an older man, a much older man the date in the dating pool, or you're going, you're doing what I'm doing. Maybe not as young as me, but you're going for the younger I'm man. I'm mad at you. Yeah, because <laughs> younger men get very excited by older women too, for the sex thing and the, and the thing. I think they think, you know, Mrs. Jones and like everyone assumes that someone like Sergio would have come into this relationship absolutely knowing exactly what to do in bed. And that just wasn't true, by the way. And it's not that I taught him. It's I think we taught each other. As, and we had fun in our, I had fun in my 40s learning with him as he was because he was so young learning with me, you know. So I think it can be really fun to date that way. But I mean, again, I married him. So what am I, you know. So here's the thing. When you're in your 40s, there's a few things, especially if you've never been married, never had kids. One of the things I love to make sure I tell women, especially in your 40s, in that situation, a lot of times you start dating with an agenda and you forget about having fun. You go on dates because you're worried about that biological clock, you're ready to have a family, and you go on dates and it becomes an interview, or you go on dates and it becomes about the end game on the first or second date, instead of going on the date, enjoying yourself having fun. Whereas look at you, when you started dating Sergio, you were very clear, you weren't even looking for a relationship. You were just looking to have fun and organically and evolved into something because you didn't approach it in that way. Now, Kim I'm Kardashian, not don't be, huh? Kim Kardashian, she just said the same thing. Big dick energy. Sorry, had to get that in there. Yes, she it just wanted like BDE. She was DTF after she got d divorced. Exactly, and I think that contributes to why women who are who get divorced in their 40s after long-term marriages. That's why they end up in these relationships so quickly. It's not because they went out looking for it. They were having fun. They didn't have that, what I call the last chance at love energy. Last chance at love energy. What is that? That's when you go out with someone, you meet someone, you see potential, and you are like, this is my last chance to have love. Let me do everything I can to get this guy. And then it evolves into the pick me anxiety in a relationship where you're doing all these things hoping to land this guy because you're scared it's never going to get better. And then you start dating from a place of fear, anxiety, desperation, instead of having fun. So I love to tell women, you have to be uber aware of that. Even if marriage is what you're looking for, don't forget to learn and enjoy the dating process.
trouble is you get two types, you get the other type of women. So then you get women that have obviously been to see people like yourself and who've been told don't look desperate or, or all of us say don't look desperate. And then they become kind of, it's not natural to them because they are desperate. And so then they become too undesperate and they say stuff and you're going, oh my God, no. When I say don't, you know, like I can take it or leave it. I don't really need you. I've got a, I've got a, you know, a slew of men asking me out. No man wants to hear that. No one gives a shit. No man wants to hear how many dates you've been on this week. No man wants to talk about your cat. And they sort of over talk out of, you know, compensation for like, you know, trying to like make them make them sound like the catch of the year. And (laughs) instead it completely fucking backfires. How do you stop that happening? It's so backfires. I have seen this done before when a woman goes in knowing good and damn well, they want a relationship. They long for a relationship and they go into a date and they're just like, I'm not looking for anything serious, trying to play the role, the pick me role. And it backfires on them because later on down the line, they've already established that they're so busy trying to be cool, chill chick. And later on down the line, they do want to get married, but they've put in the mind of the guy that they're not interested in it. And he proceeded that way and it completely backfires. Also, when you're talking to a man about all these different dates you're going on and things like that, put yourself in his position. How would you feel if he was saying the same thing to you? There's an art form to dating. What the art form to dating is, is there's not an art form. You go in organically, you be yourself. And what does that mean? That's why before you start going on dates, you have to decide who you are, what you're looking for. You have to be authentic and true to yourself. If you want a relationship, it is okay to say to a guy that, yes, I do want a long-term relationship. Let's see where this goes. There's a difference between saying that and having your wedding gown in your purse, okay? Also, the flip side, if you meet a man and he tells you from the very beginning, the very beginning, I do not want a relationship, I do not want anything serious, and that is something that you want, You play yourself if you proceed further in the relationship thinking that he will change his mind. One of the things about men, they are very clear. They tell you exactly what they want, exactly what they don't want. And you have to listen to it and not make it be what you want it to be. They tell you everything if you listen. Let's take a little break from the show and discuss Cozy Earth. They're high quality goods with responsibly and sustainably sourced materials from the earth so that you can get the restorative sleep that you need to curate your sanctuary and recharge from the comfort of your own home. So bed sheets, bed linens, you know, all your uh, pajamas, towels, everything that we love to make ourselves feel cozy at night in our own homes. Cozy Earth is softer than cotton and it's made from soft and sustainable viscose from bamboo fabrics. I love this. It's also, this is a big plus because I live in Dubai, temperature regulating, which means it keeps you cool and comfortable all night long. Cozy Earth has been featured on Oprah's favorite list for four years in a row and they have a 10-year warranty on all products. I mean, they must be bloody sure of what they're doing if you can give a 10-year warranty, frankly. 100 night sleep test, which means you can try them for 100 nights. And if you don't love them, you can send them back for a full refund. Also, as you know, cotton just gets better and better, doesn't it, when you wash it? Sheets are now available in five different colors, white, light gray, driftwood, charcoal, and oat. Cozy Earth are providing an exclusive offer for my listeners today. It really is unbeatable. 
35% off site-wide when you use the code DND. 35% site-wide when you use the code DND. You cannot do better than that, people. So head along to Cozy Earth and get your best night's sleep ever. Happy shopping. Let's get back to the show. Hi, I'm Pia Berengini, the creative director of LPA, an entrepreneur, a wife, and a dog mom based in Los Angeles. This is my new podcast, Everything is the Best, where we basically ask interesting people, how did you go from zero to yacht? I'm always curious how the hell people became successful, and I figured you would be too. Get on the internet with me. Let's laugh, let's cry, let's overshare, and let's get inspired to live our best lives. Check out new episodes every Wednesday. It's all for you, baby. Thanks for listening. Love you, mean it. So when I came out of my relationship with Jem, I was really, again, so ready to have fun. And I did say to Sergio that I wasn't in a place that I wanted to get, I, you know, I couldn't care less about the marriage. And I, I, you know, I wasn't that bothered about kids, that's for sure. I've got three. So I was like, so for him, you know, and also he was so young, I, you know, I wasn't even thinking like that with him, you know what I mean? So I think that made me cool chick. But cool chick, like I really meant it. <laughs> Naturally. Yes, it was organic. You weren't trying to be the role of a cool chick. You just were. That's where you were in your life. Yeah. And maybe, you know, he he listened, but I think he, you know, didn't really listen because he was determined too. you know, every time I tried to break up with him, he came back. He was a boomerang. So, you know, I, I don't know. And I do have women, girlfriends of mine who are 40 and I, I've never seen them in a proper relationship ever. And it sort of dumbfounds me because they're pretty, they're intelligent. They have great jobs. They're sophisticated. Why? They've had one good relationship in their lives and that's it. And some of them, you know, haven't even had sex for like years. And I'm like, what the fuck? Because then sex becomes this like thing that is like so scary and I just, I've actually sort of, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong. I've just said to one of my girlfriends who's that I'm talking about, I said, you've just got to go out and fuck anybody. I mean, literally find the doorman at this point and just don't even tell him the, your name and just get it over and done with because it's now such a thing for you that like any guy that comes into your bedroom, the, you're going to like the pressure, the pressure, you're going to have to marry him. And like, you know, it's like... It, hideous for her for him she probably hasn't she doesn't even know what her body looks like anymore that's very true I, I it's you know you get to a place where it becomes because you haven't had it so long you put so much on it when you finally have sex with someone that it becomes the end all be all it becomes the when do I have sex with him what should I do before I have sex what how soon is too soon you start getting in your head so much about sex and I always say a lot of times with sex what happens is women ruin it for themselves because let's say you have sex with a guy and you think it's too soon, right? You have sex with him. He's fine. Usually the guy is really not tripping on it. And then you start freaking out. You start over explaining yourself. Well, usually I don't do it this soon or all of that. Well, you did it. So acknowledge it, move on. You don't need to make any statements. Own it that at that moment you wanted it, you did it. And it's okay. And then also you start overanalyzing things. You start changing your behavior. And then what drew the guy to you, you start freaking out. He feels that energy. 
you become a little bit more, you know, not attractive because you're being desperate because you freaked out because sex was such a big deal. So you have to be very aware of that. And then also, Caroline, I want to, you know, talk about this statement because a lot of single women hear this. You're smart. You're successful. You're beautiful. How is it that you're still single? So I want to, I always like to talk to people about this. It's so important as their friends, I know your heart's in the right place, but that question is like nails to a chalkboard to someone who's single. Because a lot of times they're like, hell, I don't exactly know exactly why I'm single, but it's almost like it, it's a dagger in their heart. So I want to caution people because that question, although valid, it, it, it's very painful for the person Awful. on the receiving end of Awful. it. Awful. And now I hear you say it. I feel really bad. But don't feel bad. Don't feel bad. Knowledge is power. Knowledge is power. Now, if you do ask the question, if at the end of the question you have, I have someone great for you that I want you to meet, then that's a totally different story. <laughs> Come with a solution. <laughs> I've done that a few times and I do feel like, you know, people get quite lazy, right? Blind dates, they're very okay. lazy now to go and meet people and COVID's made it particularly hard. And I think people, that's another thing, another layer that we didn't have, right? It's made it really, really hard now to, we're not going to bars and picking up people the same way. Because now right. if you walk over it to people, people tell you to F off because they're worried you've got, you know, you've got some disease. And so it's not as easy to meet people. So, you know, I do come across, I presume probably to my single friends as one of those smug people that just, it just happened for. And I get that, but I was always very open. And I do feel once you've been single for quite a long time, you know, and I watch it. And even when I wasn't, by the way, guys that made an effort to come to the table, I always smiled. And I was always nice and I would always engage in conversation. It was funny. And the single ones wouldn't. And I would be, yes. and I'd be like, I'm, I'm married, but you know, my girlfriends aren't. And I would chit chat and be absolutely fine because I was thinking, you know, bring them into the, into the circle. And, into the circle. Yeah. <laughs> but then the single ones backs go up and like, it's kind of like, what the fuck are you doing over here? And they're, they're so, there's this wall straight away goes up and I'm like, yes. I'm really doing it for you. They don't give them the chance. They don't want to get to know if someone's, you know, someone's story. Or is it just about the look? Or is it just that they're intimidated that someone's come over and they feel like it? I don't know. Do, do, you, do, do you know what I mean? Oh, my goodness. This is something I talk about so often because you are absolutely correct in that. What happens, first of all, going back to COVID. With COVID, a lot of singles, because this is the only way to date, they started using dating apps. Even Awful. singles who don't, no, don't normally use dating apps, they started using them. And what happened is a lot of them got stuck in this dating app ecosystem, and they forgot that there are more ways to date than just dating apps because they're so comfortable in the dating apps. So I always love to tell women, first of all, now it's time to get out of the dating app world. If you like dating apps, if it works for you, great, but they're don't uh, let that just be your only form of dating. Sorry. So because they got so used to the app, when an actual physical human comes up, it's like, stand back. I understand. Okay. Yes. I know where you're going with this. Okay. Keep yeah. going. Because with the app, you, you, yeah. you're stuck in this ecosystem. Yes. It's very and you're at home. Right? You're at home and you've got and your, you're at yeah, home. behind your, yeah. Okay. Because if I, I stood it. up and you saw what I had on my bottoms right now versus yeah. what's on my top. Amazing. Okay. You look a hot mess at home. I never had those. So, you know, I'm used to meeting physical humans. Okay, got it. Physical humans. Yes. So now, the, you know, yes, we're in the middle of a, a pandemic. Yes, you have to be safe, but things are open. You have to force yourself to get out of the house and go out, first of all. Number two, 
don't always go out with a big group of women. Go out with two, maybe three of you tops, okay? Because when you go out with maybe two or three, it's less intimidating for a man to approach the table or approach, approach you wherever you are. So go out with a small group of girls. That's the second thing. Also, I tell women, be comfortable going out by yourself, okay? When you go out by yourself, sit at the bar, engage with the bartender. Let me tell you about bartenders, waitstaff. They are the key to the city. Even when you're out with your girls, if you see a handsome guy some across the room at the bar, they can get all the tea for you ahead of time before you even make the decision to move forward with the guy. They can find out if the guy's married. They can find out what his deal I is. I would never. And discreetly let you know. There's no fucking Absolutely. way I'm going to sit in a bar by myself. Absolutely it's not. Okay. They think I was a hooker. You can totally do it. You can tell, no, no, no. It's, you're not going to go late at night. You're going to go, you know, lots of times during lunch or whatever. Okay. And it's okay to sit at the bar by yourself and take yourself out on a date. Take yourself out on a date. Get comfortable going out by yourself. Also, when you do go out in terms of bars, there, it's the summertime. There are music festivals going on. Find a hobby. There are men. The places to really meet the men are at the gym. Okay. The gym is really a great spot. When you travel, go to the clubs, go to the lounges. Just don't be sitting out with everybody else. Go to the lounges because a lot of times in the lounges, there are men and these men travel and clearly they have, you know, American Express Platinum or they have membership to the clubs. So you're meeting quality types of men when you're there. Pick up golf, go where the men are. Cigar bars, go there. You're not going to be men sitting at the spa with your girls. Go where the men are, small groups, and have fun. And when they come up to you, act like, you know, I like to tell women, when you're on vacation, have you noticed how easy it is to meet men and how light and free you are? It's because you don't give an F. You're enjoying life. You're having fun. You're not thinking about it. You're not so much in your head. And the same way when you were married and you were out, you didn't give an F because you were married. You weren't interested in it. So your energy is different. And that's why you're drawing in other men. That's why you're on vacation. It's easy breezy. Go out like that. Loosen up, lighten up, and don't put so much on it. Oh, that's very interesting. That makes so much sense, actually, because Mm -hmm. also I think it's just the guys made such an effort to walk over to you and women just sort of, they do, they sort of clam up. And then I think I watch it happen, my girlfriends, and I overcompensate to be nice because I'm like, you may not even fancy him, but he's got a mate. He's going to have a friend. That's what I'm saying. Yes. Even if you don't like him, even if you're not attracted to him, first of all, practice. I always call it do a dry run, blind date, you know, run through so that you practice. So when the guy that you really like comes up, you're so used to it and, and you're so centered and you're so aware of yourself that you know what to do. Not every guy's, that's the other thing that a lot of women do, Caroline. Not every guy is your future husband. Okay. Not every guy is going to be a long-term relationship. Stop putting so much pressure on the men that have potential and that you're dating. Like that's a lot of pressure to put on anyone, let alone yourself. No, it is. I mean, you know, well, what, what is, explain what pick me syndrome is then. Yeah. So the pick me syndrome, pick me is where you meet someone and you're so excited about them. And you start dating them, you're, you start dating, you know, you realize it's no longer just a few dates, you're starting to be in a relationship. And then you start doing things that you think a quote unquote wife does. You start feeling the need to cook and, and clean and do be this perfect woman. You lay out your outfits every single time where everything is so well put together. You don't really 
say what you're feeling. A lot of times if something bothers you or upsets you that he's done, you, you kind of keep quiet because you want to be this prototype of who you think this man is. And instead of being who you are and true to yourself, you have the pick me, pick me, pick me. I did that. Mm-hmm. I, I lied. I said, I love cooking. I never wore clothes. This is on my first date with my ex-husband. I liked the Simpsons, all of which was downright lies. But anyway, I married him and we were fine for 18 years, but he does laugh about it. You did. And you had, a, and Caroline, you had a successful marriage. I think Very. a lot of times when people get divorced, they look at it as a failure. You had a successful marriage of 18 years. There's something to be said for that. For I real. did. And that's what, you know, even, even to him, I want to say that because I know know that you know for him maybe you know he feels like it failed and it, um, it's a failure I don't and that's you know that's the difference but I mean I suppose yeah. people it's it's all in your head isn't it I think it's incredibly yes. successful and I think if you if you look at it as a success when you move on you can you can fully move on without the guilt and the everything else and find somebody we've already covered last chance at love I think we all know what that oh, means gosh. and that's that's just yes. a disaster so it's for women that don't have children that that you know you're looking for and that's why I tell all of you girls out there freeze your eggs freeze your eggs freeze, freeze your eggs your, listen I froze my eggs when I was 36 it was Perfect. the best decision I ever made because I I no longer dated out of anxiety and desperation because it's kind of like it's there it's an insurance even if you don't end up using them you know you just get pregnant naturally fine but at least it's there it's life-changing and it also it then is. takes this way this this sort of speed dating thing out of you like you've got to get out of my room if you're not going to give me a baby because how can a man commit to it there's nothing unsexier than going on a date when you haven't even connected or really had the most passionate sex yet and talking about how desperate you are for a child nothing it's bad and men hate that i was once talking to a guy friend of mine he went out with this woman who wanted a child so badly and he had a vasectomy and he said when he told her that it was the second day and he could see like the tears welling in her eyes and i was just like first of all yes you want kids but you don't know if you want kids with him like come on yeah but they will, they will just, I'd rather, honestly, I have two friends now that I was just actually just interviewed. Also Jodie Kidd yesterday. I don't know if you know who she is, but she was a su- one of the supermodels back in the day. And she chose to have her baby on her own because she just hadn't met the right guy. And she said it, she had it with her friend and she said it was the best decision she's ever made. But she just took, yeah. you know, we're in a very different position. Life doesn't need to look picture perfect. Even if you marry the guy that gives you the baby, doesn't mean you're staying with him. So, you know, if you want to do it another way, there are many different ways to skin a cat and still have your life. I have another girlfriend of my, who, mine who was in her 40s and a singer, very famous, and she decided to do exactly that. She went off, she went to a sperm bank or whatever. You can choose the picture today. You can choose the profile because yeah. she knew that would suit her lifestyle because she was going to be on the move. And she didn't want to be tied to a guy that she wasn't in love with, but she really wanted a child before it was too late. So, you know, and that, and now, now, what is it, three years on, she's with a man she really loves and she has the baby. So she got it all, but just a different way around. She took it into her own hands. That is the key. I think women, when it comes to dating, everything in life, you have to let go of what you thought it was going to look like and deal with the reality of the situation and the cards that you're dealt and make it work for yourself. You got to stop trying to be, you know, be what you thought it was going to be and try to control that and deal with the reality. 
And it always works out the way it's going to work out once you change your mindset. Oh, mindset, which brings yeah. me back to, do you think that breakups in the 40s are harder than in your 30s? Absolutely. Because what happens is when you break up in your 40s, okay, and when you're in your 20s, you know, it's footloose, fancy free, whatever. You're like, I have so much time, you know, you're not worried about it. In your 30s, it's a little more difficult, but you know, you break up, you keep it moving. It still hurts. It's still devastating. But what happens in your 40s is there's so many layers to the breakup. There's so many questions of, wow, I thought I had it right this time. Where did I go wrong? There's the question of, I am healed. I've done the work. I've meditated. I've journaled. I've prayed. I've, I've gone to therapy. How did I miss some of these signs? And there's that disappointment of, especially when you thought you met someone long-term, you don't have kids. You think you finally getting that idea of what you want and that falling apart, it's very devastating. And then there is the reality in a lot of women, there's this fear. I'm 40. Are people still going to want to date me? You know, I'm getting older. There's a lot of women who have this mindset, which we have to change that they're older and it's not going to happen for them, which is why the last chance I love and pick me syndrome comes into play. So breakups are very much, very much so more devastating in your forties because you have all these different things and scenarios that play up in your head that you have to work through. Yeah. I mean, so do you think in your forties, it's better to date older or younger? Well, it depends. Okay. Because older, there's something nice about dating an older man, especially when you're in your forties and you are successful. And when you're dating an older man that can teach you new things that you might not have ever known and expose you to things, not meaning that you're in a, you know, you're in a bubble because a lot of women who are successful, well-traveled, it's nice to meet a man that's well-traveled as well. And you're not always having to teach them things. Also, you're always going to be their young tenderoni. You know, you're always going to be young in their eyes. And, you know, there's a sophistication of an older man. Now let's talk about realities of dating an older man because life happens, biology happens. And for a lot of times you're dating older man, when it comes to sex, they might not have high, as high of a sex drive. Let's keep it real. A lot of them do have to use Cialis or Viagra, which is totally fine. You know, put on a nightie, put it on a nice silver platter. Tell them you'll be back in about an hour. You know what I'm saying? So those are those realities of dating older man, but that's exciting, right? And also when you're dating an older man, they're set in their ways, right? So for some men who are older, they have older kids, they've raised their kids, they don't necessarily want to start a family again. They're done. So then you run into the same problem being a woman in her 40s who doesn't have kids, who wants kids, you're dating a man who's older, he has no desire, no interest in having kids. What do you do then, right? Now, flip side, dating a younger man. Dating a younger man, that's exciting. It's fun. The sex is usually good. They usually have a lot more energy. It's fun and exciting because you get to do a lot of great things together. You get to expose him to things. He gets to expose you to things. You know, think about it. When you hang out with people who are a little bit younger, they keep you, you know, they keep you kind of hip and relevant. So there's that. But then the flip side of that, you have your kids, you know, you have your three kids. Do you want to have another child and start that all over again when you're almost done. So that definitely plays into things as well. I mean, it's really interesting because obviously at my age, a lot of girlfriends of mine are experiencing divorce because it just, we are at that sort of 12 to 18 year married sort of thing where it's sort of, you know, I think you either push all the way through or you end up divorced. It is just what it is. And I always, you looked at second marriages and I always thought, you know, this time round, you really... You just really, you know who you are and you pick. 
And it's funny that I've picked someone so young and so different. But, you know, that's what I want to tell people, not about dating young, but just date who fits your family. And I looked at it long and hard. I didn't just jump on, you know, and and take the first man. But like, I thought about it, like, could I see a 50 year old man who's who's or 55 year old man who's stuck in his way with three kids with me? I it's just not who I am. I would drive them bonkers, absolutely bonkers in the first week, because I'm all about me. At least I have the and I think you need to have the foresight to look at yourself in a certain way and realize like I have girlfriends of mine who honestly are my age and they think they're going to get some like I don't know super hot billionaire and you're like it's just not happening it's not happening and but they can't genuinely can't see it because back in the day they were really hot and they were but they're not now not in the same way and the billionaire that looks like a supermodel can have the supermodel And they just haven't accepted it. And sometimes you need to sit and look at where you are today, what your baggage looks like, what your house looks like, what your thing, because it's everything. Like I know to Sergio, I'm the whole package. He always says he couldn't live without the noise and the crazy now. But, you know, he's a certain type of guy. I think it goes down, so much of it goes to to realism. Yes. Can we talk about what I call dating delusion? Yes. Because... So many women have this. I use the example of so many women thought they were going to get George Clooney. Yes. All they had to do was be in the same room with him. He would look up and magically their eyes would connect. They'd be together until Maul came. Okay. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> you have to be very realistic about where you are in life, what you're bringing to the table, what you want, and be realistic about it. These lists, and I find the list for women in their 40s are so unrealistic, so long. Nobody's going to fit into that list. You're setting yourself up for failure. So rip that up, okay? One of the things that I love, one of the many things I love about you and Sergio's relationship, Caroline, is you are unapologetic. You don't feel the need to explain yourself to anyone. And it works for you. When you find something that works for you, you don't need to explain it to anyone. But you have to be realistic about what works for you. You are very clear. I didn't want a man who's 50, 55, who set in his ways, because we know what comes with that too, right? You met a man who loves you, who adores you, and you weren't looking for a man who's younger. He just happened to be younger. You didn't have on your list, I need to be with a younger man. It just organically happened and it worked. Yeah. No list. Women, if you don't take, listen, this is the sound bite, Caroline. Throw away the list. The list do not serve you. The list are preventing you from being happy in your dating life. Throw it away. Thank you very much. We should end there, Monique. That was amazing. <laughs> Throw away, burn that list, everyone. It's coming burn from it. both of us. It, it it really does. And follow your heart, whatever that looks like. And don't let anyone tell you he needs what race, what religion, what anything. Open your heart. And I think if Sergio and I can teach you anything, open your heart to that. He's Catholic. I'm Jewish. He's 24. I'm 46. We've crossed so many boundaries here. It's it's brilliant. So thank you so much for coming on again. Always love having you. You're so easy to talk to and time flies. So where can everyone find you? Find me on Instagram at Cocktails and Confessions. And you can always go to my website, Confessions of a Serial Dater, NLA.com. And my book, my novel, Reality and Chaos, is at Barnes & Noble and Amazon. Congratulations to you. Thank you. Thank you, my love. That was amazing. 
Thank you for listening to Divorce Not Dead. Tune in next Wednesday for a new episode. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review. We'd love to hear from you. Follow me on social media at, at Caroline Stanbury for all the behind-the-scene action. 